Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. These uh, red and white health cards that have been around from time immemorial uh, are being withdrawn. I I think there's still about 400,000 in circulation. And uh, for reasons of security and uh, I guess just modernizing the whole thing with technology, because uh, there had been some reports a while back that there were actually far more health cards issued in the province than there were actual people. Uh, So this might just be a case of duplication or maybe abuse or whatever. But uh, to that point, while a specific date hasn't been set, it's going to be a firm and fast one, according to the health minister, Christine Elliott, although she says it ain't going to happen overnight. This isn't going to be something that's going to happen overnight. We need to let people know that the government is really serious about um, converting the cards. All right, let's hear just uh, quickly also why she explains why it's coming to an end. This is coming to an end because it has been out there for a very large, long period of time. Uh, some people are still hanging onto their cards in some part because nobody has uh, required them to do the conversion. Yeah, well, there you go. And so they're going to require it. Otherwise, you won't get coverage. However, uh, it's just conjecture on my part. You know, when it comes to public health, there's been a, a hue and a cry that's gone up that people are going to die because we're not adequately funding it. The province has cut back in terms of the funding formula with the city of Toronto. The mayor is apoplectic. Councillors like Cressy as well weighing in on this program saying, you know, this is where uh, we won't have enough money for inspections of restaurants and following vaccinations and the, the school breakfast program and so on and so forth. Very interesting piece by Sue Ann Levy in this morning's Toronto Sun, where it quotes a former Toronto City Councillor, Kristen Carmichael Greb, who also happens to be a former member of the Board of Health here in Toronto, that this whole thing, Toronto Public Health, is a left-wing cash cow where pet projects are rampant and accountability is non-existent. And that intrigued me. Uh, let's hear more about it because Kristen Carmichael Greb has joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Kristen, good to have you back on board. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, You called it a left-wing cash cow, your words? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I was on the Board of Health for just over two years and um, left in early 2017. Um, It was was really uh, an area where uh, projects got put through. There was no never any questioning on financing uh, what was being financed because of the uh, split between the province and and the city. Every time we came to budget talks, it was, well, we can't cut this, we can't cut this, we can't cut this because then we'll lose money from the province and then what will happen? They'll give us less money. So it really is an, an area that needs to be looked at in depth. There are uh, ways to make Toronto Public Health more efficient because they really do do a good service. They are essential to the city. Uh, things like the breakfast program, which is uh, the money that goes towards that from the city, is from the city. That's not from the province. But it it is an area that 
does essential service in this city that we need. So we need to make sure that it runs efficiently and effectively and that every tax dollar that goes to Toronto Public Health is spent, uh, it goes as far as it can go. All right. And so the province, whereas they've funded up until this point 75% and the city 25, that split is now being proposed as 50-50. Well, proposed, it's being uh, mandated by the province. It's going to be a 50-50 split. Can the city still make do with that money and deliver the services? I think if the city looks at the programs that are are run that the where the money goes that they can they look at efficiencies look at how do we run this program more effectively how are we able to uh, uh, make more with less people do it all the time I mean we have a what is it through over 300 billion dollar debt in this province and the money is not going to keep flowing. There's going to be a stop point at some point. Uh, and we've started, the province has started to cut back because of that. Again, Kristen Carmichael Greb with us, a former member of the Board of Health here in Toronto and former city councillor as well, suggesting that uh, despite the fear-mongering from the mayor as well as councillors like Cressy and uh, whomever, that this is not really the existential threat to our public health system in Toronto by the government, the provincial government, cutting back to a funding formula of a 50-50 split. By the way, did the auditor ever draw any of this to anybody's attention that maybe there were more efficiencies to be found in the public health system? Um, I don't believe the auditor has looked at Toronto Public Health. Um, I had flagged it for her being, I was vice chair of the audit committee for a while and I had asked her to look at different areas of it. Uh, I am not aware of any investigation uh, of Toronto Public Health at this point that has happened. Well, then where is the oversight coming from, if any? Well, it should be coming from council. Council should be questioning things. Um, I mean, there are simple things that we can look at. We have a a condom contest in Toronto to design Toronto branded condoms for Pride. That's no. great that they want to give out condoms at Pride, but is that something we need to spend money on? Is is that a, a public health need? Um, you know, things like that 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 we really need to look at the books and see. What do we? What are our essential services? Student nutrition. That is definitely an essential service, but is it being run effectively and efficiently? You say not, according to the piece that Sue Ann put together. Uh, Why is that? Um, I just don't believe that that we have full overview of what goes on. Our money from the city is supposed to go towards just food, but there's no accountability as to how much waste of food happens, uh, if the money only goes towards food, uh, in some schools, I know that they feed, have food available to all the kids, whether they need it or not, uh, because they don't want to attach a stigma to the children who need it. I get that, but we really, then we need to come up with a creative way to get food to the kids who need it and not to the kids who don't. Well, how is it managed today? Uh, how is this system set up? Who delivers the food? Who buys the food? Which food is sourced? Um, it's done through through volunteers at various schools around the city. And um, from the city standpoint, it's money that's handed over. They say that they account for it, uh, but but I have never seen any, any uh, res- when I was on the Board of Health, there was no... Uh, Nothing that came back to us that said this is how efficiently and effectively the money is being spent.
So uh, the city basically cuts a check and uh, sends it out to these schools, and the volunteers then take it upon themselves to go out and source food, and we've got to basically take it as an article of faith that everything is tickety-boo. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, you know, I mean, and now we're getting somewhere, drilling down on it, getting very granular, uh, because sometimes, you know, the devil in the details, when we hear that, well, this lump sum of money is going to be denied and people are going to die, to quote the Councillor Cressy, I guess, you know, he was also mentioning safe injection sites. Uh, That's another one of profligate spending in a certain sense. Didn't you point that out to Sue Ann? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to harm reduction in the city, we spend a lot of money on harm reduction, which is great. It's it's a necessity, but we're not helping people uh, get off of drugs or helping them down the line. There's no uh, money. They don't increase the money the same amount for um, for making sure that we keep people off of drugs. It's strictly harm reduction, which keeps people in the system. We are not doing a good job in the city of getting people out of the system. And this doesn't just go towards public health. This is affordable housing. This is the shelter system. We keep people in the system, which costs money. We need to uh, uh, do a better job at getting people out of the system and being able to become a, a tax-paying citizen in Ontario, in Toronto, and, uh, and off the public purse. You do mention that uh, the city also hands out about 2 million needles to drug users and dealers annually? That's through that's through the harm reduction. Um, we do hand out uh, needles to, to uh, drug users and drug dealers to give to their clients. Uh, but we, my issue with that was always, what's our liability if someone dr- dies of a drug overdose within a city needle? That's never looked at. So there, there are real issues that we need to look at more in depth to make sure that not just from a money standpoint, but how are we helping people? Are we really helping people or are we just uh, uh, keeping the problem ongoing? Well, and this is, of course, the central question of whether we're being efficient here or cost effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you do even say uh, that we've spent excessively on layers of management instead of frontline workers. And there have been all kinds of reports flying back and forth, but uh, that's not getting to the people in need. No, absolutely. I mean, I believe there in the last budget there are 1,800 people which work in, in public health. The majority of people who work in public health should be frontline workers who are helping people, not uh, people sitting in offices uh, or sitting in front of computers, uh, inputting uh, uh, vaccination records. Uh, We need to help people on the front lines who really need the help, and that's where the money should be going. Well, where's the mayor on this, uh, if I can ask? I mean, you're no no longer in office. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you're free to uh, basically, uh, I guess... Tell us how you feel about where the mayor is. Is he, uh, you know, because I, I understand he had initially promised that there were going to be cuts across the board. Two point five percent, I think, is the target he was aiming for. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that happen with public health? Public health, that never happened. Uh, at the most, they would do a zero percent increase, but they would never cut because the concern again was if we cut, then we won't get money from the province. Mm. So it's this ongoing cycle of, well, if we cut something, we won't get that money back. Right. In other words, I mean, this is a way of spinning it, that uh, anything that is just maintaining the same uh, budget is basically a cut because of inflation and what have you. Uh, Correct. Okay, so that's the way they saw it. 
anyway, it's a, a great revelation, and I, I appreciate your coming on to tell us about it, because the other side of the story is all woe and uh, doom and gloom and how the province is playing the role of blue meanies here and really uh, placing an impediment on public health. And you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, in, in a sense, physician, heal thyself. Uh, take a look in the mirror, and you can find ways of maybe saving things and stabilizing your budgets. Would that be about a, a correct way of assessing where you're coming from? Absolutely. I mean, we are in a dire situation in this province. We, uh, the amount of debt that we have, it's over $20,000 per person mm-hmm. that is owed. And that is not sustainable. So we need to, everybody's going to have to take a cut somewhere. Um, and, and there will be areas that will, that will need to be looked at. And we just need to look look deep and make sure we find those areas. Well, you were there in the trenches, so uh, your voice is a credible one on this front. I appreciate your sharing your insights with us. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thanks very much, John. You got it. Kristen Carmichael Greb, former Toronto City Councilor and former board uh, member of the uh, of public health here in Toronto. Well, I mean, these are the considerations on a daily basis that we address. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.